circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflection. Oh, he scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, hero! Welcome to the WHL Podcast. I'm Zach Hodder, your host and the manager of player development for the Western Hockey League. On this week's episode, we have former Victoria Royals general manager and newly appointed CEO of BC Hockey, Cam Hope, as well as Swift Current Broncos first-round pick, Matthew Ward. But before all that, let's jump into the news and notes. NHL Central Scouting has released its preliminary list of players for the 2021 NHL Draft. 36 WHL players cracked the list, including five A-category ranked players. Those players include Edmonton Oil Kings forward Dylan Gunther, Mooshaw Warriors forward Ryder Korzak, Winnipeg Ice defenseman Carson Lambos, Medicine Hat Tigers forward Cole Sillinger, and Seattle Thunderbirds forward Connor Roulette. Speaking of the Thunderbirds, they have traded defenseman Zachary Ashton to the Lethbridge Hurricanes for a conditional 7th round pick. Ashton has appeared in 78 WHL games, split between the Saskatoon Blades and Seattle Thunderbirds, registering 1 goal and 9 assists for 10 points. That's all for the news and notes. For everything WHL, you can keep up to date on our Twitter page, at the WHL, or on the website, whl.ca. In eight years with the Victoria Royals, Cam Hope compiled a record of 316 wins, 205 losses, and 52 overtime losses. In his new role as CEO of BC Hockey, it's not so much about the wins and losses anymore. Enjoy our conversation that I was lucky enough to have with the newest CEO of BC Hockey, Cam Hope. I am speaking today with the new CEO of BC Hockey. He is a former Victoria Royals general manager and assistant general manager with the New York Rangers. That is Cam Hope. Cam, how has the the, you know, the new position been in this unique time we're living in? Hey, Zach. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, any kind of change is, is weird. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been a weird time for all of us in hockey, as you know, and actually all of us, whether you're in hockey or not. So it's hard to, it's hard to categorize, you know, what uh, branch of weirdness it is to also change careers or jobs at this point. But anyway, it feels good, you know, here in the new offices or new for me office in BC hockey, getting to know some new people. It's, uh, it's kind of nice to take a breath after, uh, you know, kind of a lo- what is becoming a very long hockey summer. Yeah. I mean, this is the longest summer I think we'll ever have. And uh, it's just keeps getting extended into winter. I mean, it's been yeah. snowing here in Calgary and, the summer is over, but let's turn back the time before we get started about what your plans are for BC Hockey. Such an interesting journey you've had. You graduated from the University of Alberta in 1998 with a degree in law, and you worked as a lawyer for many years before joining the New York Rangers as their VP of Hockey Administration as well as Research and Development. And I guess the question there is, how did that opportunity come up? And what was your involvement with hockey before you decided to join the Rangers? It's a long story. I don't know if you've got all those hours. In a nutshell, um, the way that I ended up working in hockey management um, was really very, very, very lucky. My, uh, I went to law school, as you know. Um, I had done some sports uh, work as part of my um, law practice. Uh, I had done some work for the Canadian Football League Players Association, for instance. 
Um, but my practice was mostly a litigation practice. And I also had some exposure to some hockey, uh, a bit of a nepotism angle to it as well. Uh, my wife, who was also uh, a lawyer, ended up working for the ownership group of the Edmonton Oilers, ultimately ended up working for at a time for a time with the Oilers. So got to know Glenn Sather that way, both professionally and not professionally. So uh, when, when Glenn ended up in New York, fast forward to, seems like just a short time ago, but it's a long time ago, it's around 2004, there was a long lockout in the National Hockey League and uh, the league emerged with a lot of new rules and a collective bargaining agreement and a salary cap and all that. Uh, and that was a great day for all of us eggheads. You know, that was then that uh, NHL clubs really started to ramp up having people with law degrees, uh, having some exposure in sports law in particular in their front offices. And it was right place, right time. And uh, the rest is history. And it's been, it's been wonderful. And, but uh, I don't kid myself. It was a confluence of lucky events for sure. Well, you put yourself in the right position and that's life. A lot of it is just getting lucky, knowing the right people and having those connections. But I mean, you say it's luck, but you were with the Rangers from 2004 to 2011. Again, you started as the VP of hockey admin, and then you were in 2007 promoted to assistant general manager. So clearly it's not just luck. It's also hard work and a lot of skill going into that. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And when you were with the Rangers, what do you think was, what did you learn the most when you were with the New York Rangers? Uh, let me tell you, the next step in the, in the journey was really mentorship. Um, working with Glenn Sather, who a lot of people don't know, he's sort of a, you know, a legendary figure. But when I started with the New York Rangers, Glenn Sather was there and Don Maloney was the assistant general manager. And those guys were incredible mentors who had a very clear vision for what they wanted people in the front office to do. Be the very best at what you can be. Do, you know, in your lane, be the very best in the league at it. But in addition to that, be curious, get out. If you want to learn more about this aspect or that aspect, get your feet wet in scouting or player personnel work, um, be around all the time, learn everything. Uh, and there's no boundaries on that. And, you know, just as long as you're doing your job, you can expand your role as much as you'd like to. That was just a breath of fresh air. And it was, it gave me an opportunity to go out there in what turned out to be uh, it feels like a short time, but it was seven years uh, in New York, just um, learning everything there was about it uh, and enjoying every second of it. If not for that mentorship, you know, if I had been pigeonholed into sitting in the back doing contracts and arguing at salary arbitration hearings, um, it would have really restricted my uh, ability to learn. Well, I think that segues nicely. I actually talked to a, um, a protege of yours, Grant Armstrong, a former general manager with the Brandon Weekings, current scout with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'd mentioned that I was talking to you this week and he talked about, uh, I asked him, you know, what made Cam, what did you enjoy about Cam working with him? And he said that you were able to communicate clearly and effectively your vision and the steps that you were going to take to help the team get to where they needed to be. So Going from that being the mentoree to the mentor role, what's your outlook on being a leader of an organization? Yeah, uh, really loaded question. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what it starts with, though? It starts with taking the position that you're here basically to serve the organization and the people that are working around you. If you do that, if that's your starting point, um, then it becomes pretty easy uh, to start to articulate your vision. And then if you surround yourself with people that are exceptional, uh, and I've been extremely lucky with that, you know, both with the Rangers and obviously with the Royals, it, it feels frictionless. I know it isn't. I know there's more thought put into it. And you're right. You have to communicate. Um, you need to be a collaborator by nature, I think. 
Uh, you need to be able to figure out what people's strengths are and what they need in order to succeed and to encourage that, uh, keep those positive feedback loops going. But mostly it's the people's act. It really is. Uh, if you get good people that share the vision, it's like trying to push a snowball downhill instead of uphill. It just, it just works. And when you got to the Victoria Royals, you obviously got the right people there. You were there for eight seasons. Every single season was a winning season. In 2013-14, you were named the executive of the year for the Western Hockey League. When you had that job opportunity come up, what was the challenge of going from the professional level where you're dealing with multi-million dollar contracts to the Western Hockey League level where you're dealing with most of the time the parents of the players on your team. Uh, how's that transition and, and how long did it take for you to understand the landscape of the Western Hockey League? Yeah, it's funny. In some ways, it was an enormous change. In some ways, it wasn't. I mean, hockey is hockey. Let's, let's face it. And when you show up in the morning uh, to the rink, uh, whether it's in the Western Hockey League or the National Hockey League, the rhythm of how things go um, you know, what your equipment manager is doing, what your athletic therapists are doing, what the players are doing to prepare, what the coaches are doing to prepare, um, what the issues in the front office are, selling tickets, keeping the fans engaged. It's all exactly the same, but at a different level, obviously. And, um, you know, and there are much fewer uh, number of Ferraris in the parking lot. That's a, that was a big one. Uh, but except for that, the rhythm of it is about the same. I'll tell you one thing, and, and this is an absolute truth that I, I tell everyone who isn't familiar with the Canadian Hockey League and the Western Hockey League in particular, is that the level of thought that's put into things that are happening in the league and the amount of attention that's paid to detail at all levels, from the team all the way through the league administration, is exactly like the National Hockey League. And I actually found that surprising, you know, to find out that the infrastructure in place and the amount of care and thoughtfulness um, was essentially identical. And the work was as hard because the competition is as stiff, um, just on a different scale uh, in terms of money. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the one big difference. Uh, you know, these kids, they're working awards to get that money. And then when you're dealing with the guys who've already got it. Uh, now, Cam, when you were with the Royals, so much success. You guys, unfortunately, didn't reach the pinnacle that you were looking to get to. But you've left a legacy and a culture there that's continuing on to this day with Dan Price. When you look back on your time with the Royals, what do you think is your legacy with that club? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, you know, it was it was such a young franchise in Victoria when I got there that it, we'd only been in Victoria one year. I hope I hope that what it is is that. Um, you know, I was able to kind of lay the groundwork for what should be a successful franchise forever and ever, because Victoria is really a, a terrific hockey city. It's wonderful. The facility is wonderful. The fans are great. They deserve Western Hockey League hockey, and it was great that they got it back just before I arrived. And I think looking back, uh, you know, without having a championship banner to hang, unfortunately, I think, um, you know, what we were able to establish and just in terms of People always say culture, that sort of thing, but really just the stability of the franchise and making it uh, relevant on the South Island. And I'm really gratified by that. I still walk down the street in Victoria and people stop and want to talk about a particular game or a particular playoff series. And that kind of engagement in the community is the reason that we're all doing this. And to have helped establish that in the first uh, you know, infant years of the franchise in Victoria feels good. I'm sure people stop you on the street too and ask you why I didn't trade that player. You did trade that player. <laughs> uh, you know, away from the rink, I thought this was really interesting. You know, you have a law degree, you're very meticulous. Um, you're an exceptional leader, but you're also 
essentially a race car driver and a performance uh, driving instructor as well. How did you get into that and what do you enjoy about it? Yeah, that's, it feels like a past life at this point. It, uh, my father was a stock car racer and, uh, you know, loved being around cars. And I grew up around race cars and traveling around Western Canada with the racing circuits as a kid. Uh, and when I had an opportunity to do some racing myself, take some training, do some driving, uh, I played, I raced uh, professionally for a few years. Uh, I took the opportunity to do it, but uh, it was, uh, it's one of those things I'm glad I got out of my system. I don't know if my bank account could have taken it much longer. <laughs> well, now you're with BC Hockey. You've got this exciting new opportunity. Obviously right now we're in a very unique time in that we're getting new information every day and we have to adapt as we go. But when you were looking at BC Hockey, what about the job made you want to take it? Yeah, that's a great question. I, uh, I, it was almost everything about the job as I learned more about it. Um, you know, like most of us in hockey, we know about all of these uh, provincial sport organizations and Hockey Canada and, and all of the different stakeholders that we deal with every day and that you deal with every day. But you kind of, you know, you're not sure what they're all about until you look under the hood. During this process, I found out lots. Uh, the BC Hockey Board is an extremely engaged board with a terrific vision for how they want to deliver hockey to the people of BC and Yukon. And it's COVID, unfortunately, has given everybody in hockey a chance to take a breath and maybe reimagine um, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and how we can improve. And as you know, the landscape for hockey across Canada, it's, it's our game and everyone loves it but there are challenges all over the place, um, you know, in terms of accessibility uh, to everybody in the game and, and a number of other things. And as I learned more about what the vision was from this board uh, and how devoted they actually were to, look, you know, let's really figure out what we want to do going forward. Uh, I just got more and more excited about it. And I, I have to tell you the the process informed me so uh, completely about what the vision was that uh, I became excited about it and I would have been crushed if I, if I hadn't had an opportunity to, uh, to get into this office because uh, uh, by the time the process was over, I was, I was ready to roll. Well, I think they're just as happy to have you as you are to be there. I mean, yeah, it's quite the hire the BC Hockey's made. When you're talking about the vision and, and the challenges to accessibility and getting more players involved in the game, what do you think is going to be your greatest challenge as CEO? Well, the, there's an initial challenge, of course, of coming out of COVID and, and trying to make sure that hockey comes back safely and as strongly as ever. Uh, but there is a bigger picture thing. And uh, it's something that we talk about all the time. And it's, uh, you know, hockey's supposed to be fun, Zach. You know, it's the reason that everybody does it. Um, and we're in the happiness business when it comes to that. And adults, adults have, I think, a capacity for gerrymandering the fun out of anything uh, if you give them enough time to do it. So I think this is a real opportunity to figure out what um, these provincial health organizations and Hockey Canada and everyone is supposed to be doing to make sure that everyone that wants to play hockey has a safe and accessible place to do it and has fun. And start there, see what our strengths are, see where we maybe aren't as strong as we should be, figure out what the barriers are for people that want to play and improve and just reimagine it. And um, we have this unfortunate luxury of being able to breathe and do that. And so, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes as we come out of this, but uh, you know, we're, I, I think it's going to give us an opportunity to do all that and more. And uh, I'm excited about it. You talk about fun and how hockey's supposed to be fun. What's been your greatest moment 
in hockey since you've joined from 2004 with the Rangers all the way up until now with BC Hockey? Wow, geez, I, w- I should have thought about that one. Yeah, uh, oh, that's a great question. Greatest moment. You know, you always kind of skew toward the more recent, I, you know, some of the, some of the more recent playoff victories with the Royals, I think stick because maybe because they're more recent, but uh, when we finally won a game seven in a playoff series uh, in the time that I'd been there, we had not won a game seven. Um, and we had a terrific battle against the, the Vancouver giants uh, two years ago and won a game seven in what was just to me an epic playoff series. Uh, just felt like winning the Stanley cup because, you know, I never did. So, um, um, that's, if, if you gave me more time to think Zach, I might think of one that gets me even harder in the heart, but that one, I, I always remember. Yeah. Well, I'll say you haven't won a Stanley cup yet. Yes. Yeah. Right. We let's not rule it out just yet. Uh, you know, my last question for you, Cam, I obviously deal a lot with young players coming up through the Western Hockey League, more from an information and education level of here's what you need to know about the league, here are the benefits, here are the opportunities. When you were in the Western Hockey League, you were dealing with the nitty gritty, the, you know, you had to have the tough conversations with players when sometimes they weren't performing and they might be sitting out or they might be getting sent down. So for young players coming into the Western Hockey League, as a general manager who's had a ton of success, been at the NHL level, what advice would you have for a 16 year old player just starting who's going to come in this season in January to start their Western Hockey League career? Well, um, yeah, I, I think the same advice that anyone who is thoughtful about hockey can give them. Be who you are. Do the best you can. If you want to be a hockey player, listen and grow. Uh, and you're just getting started. Now, you know, people, everyone seems to be in a rush to get to the next stage all the time. But everybody goes at their own rate. And as you know, Zach, you know, a third of Western Hockey League rosters are filled with players who were never drafted. An enormous percentage of National Hockey League rosters are filled with players who were never drafted. Everyone develops at their own rate. Um, but more than anything, hockey is a game that you'll play your whole life. I was never able to make it onto a Western Hockey League club myself. I tried and, and I ended up playing Junior B, but hockey's been a part of my life ever since. From uh, the beer league guys who won't pass me the puck to, uh, to uh, working in the sport now full-time and everything in between. And, um, you know, keep perspective. It's something hard for a 16-year-old to do. Keep perspective, work hard, be yourself, make hockey a part of your life. You can't go wrong. That's terrific advice, not just for a 16-year-old player in the Western Hockey League, but for any player playing hockey at any level. And that's probably one of the reasons BC Hockey is lucky to have you right now. Thank you so much, Cam. Uh, best of luck as you get going here. Obviously, very difficult start with COVID, but I think you're the person uh, to help navigate BC Hockey through this time. Well, thanks for the kind words, Zach, and uh, good luck to all of us in hockey. And uh, we'll see everybody back on the ice soon, I hope. Thank you to Cam Hope for taking time out of his busy schedule, I'm sure, as he's just started this Monday his new role as CEO of BC Hockey. Up next, we got Matt Ward, the 14th overall selection of the 2019 WHL Bantam Draft. Matt is the first of a series of 16-year-old players that we expect to play in the Western Hockey League this year that we're going to talk to. We're going to see what they've been doing, how they've been staying in shape, where they're currently playing, and just their excitement level and what they're going to expect or what they expect to expect once they actually get the opportunity to hit the ice in January. So without further ado, our first conversation is with Matthew Ward. I'm speaking with today the first round pick of the Swift Current Broncos, 14th overall. 
That is, of course, Matt Ward from Kamloops, BC. Matt, how has how has the start of this season been for you in the COVID-19 era? Been pretty good training-wise, you know, again to the gym as much as possible and, and obviously getting on the ice as well. Um, yeah, just, just getting bigger and stronger as the days go by. Well, you had a tremendous season last year, 34 games played, 19 goals, 45 assists, and 64 points. You're on a line, or you played on the same team as Connor Bedard, who you'll end up playing against in the Western Hockey League. What was it like for you to go from playing against Connor a year before to playing with him? And what do you think that uh, you helped him develop and he helped you develop his players? Yeah, I know he's obviously an unbelievable player on and off the ice, you know, can't say enough good things about him, but, uh, you know, me and him, we had good chemistry on the power play and, uh, you know, we were, we were two guys that really helped out our team offensively last year. Well, you're one of the few players probably or younger players who's able to skate with him or skate better than what he can skate. You're a tremendous setup, man, as issued by the 45 assists you had last year. Where do you think you got your hockey IQ from and how did you develop it? Yeah, I, I think it just came came with me. I played uh, defense as a, yeah, I think it's Pee. I moved to forward, and uh, you know, ever since then, I think I just been a just been a playmaker. I see the ice pretty well. Um, yeah, so I think that's just where I get it. Well, last season you got your first chance to go to a Western Hockey League training camp with the Swift Current Broncos. What was that experience like for you being, you know, 14, 15 years old coming in and playing against 20 year old players, 19 year old players, guys that have been to NHL training camps before? Yeah, no, it was definitely an eye opener, you know, just to see, you know, get a feel for the, uh, you know, the speed and, and, you know, how, how they uh, go about their business, but, you know, really took a lot of that uh, camp and hopefully translate it to this year. And you not only got to go to training camp, but you also played in a regular season game. What do you remember about that game? And is there, is there any moment that sticks out to you as, wow, I like I'm here now. Yeah. You know, when they're singing the anthem, you're just thinking about it, you know, it was in Kamloops, my hometown. So, uh, you know, I can't thank uh, Swift Current for, uh, for allowing me to do that enough. And, you know, it really took a lot of that game. As you prepare for this year, you know, um, some players are playing with junior A or junior B team. Some are playing U18, AAA. What are you doing right now to stay, stay fit, to stay healthy, to continue improving as we get ready for the start of the season? Yeah, I'm just, just sticking with my uh, training on and off the ice. Haven't really got into too, too much uh, gameplay here, but uh, that could change any day here. Right now, just training as much as I can. And when you're training right now, what's one area of your game you're trying to develop? I think off the ice, just 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 uh, getting stronger, you know, anything to help that uh, transition go as smoothly as possible. And that transition is coming up quick, but outside of hockey, let's transition away from the rink. You know, is there a Netflix series or is there a movie that you've just been binging lately that you just can't get enough of? Probably Prison Break. I like that show. Oh, throwing it back old school. And outside of the rink again, what's your favorite hobby to do away from the rink to take your mind off hockey? Maybe just uh, probably shooting basketballs in my uh, backyard with my family, playing some games. Shooting basketball. So you're a big basketball fan as well. Uh, yeah, kind of. Who's your go-to team and your favorite player? Uh, I don't really, I don't really have a favorite team. I'm just, you know, play for fun. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I hope school's going well, you're staying healthy, and you're staying fit as we get ready for the start of the season. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this week's edition of the WHL Podcast. I would like to thank again 
the new CEO of BC Hockey, Cam Hope, as well as Swift Current Broncos first-round pick, Matthew Ward, for sitting down with me and having those conversations. You can follow me on Twitter, at Zach Hodder. You can follow the Western Hockey League, at the WHL. And you can keep up to date with everything WHL at our website, whl.ca. I hope you have a great rest of your week. You can catch another episode again next Wednesday.